Now on All Our FM, a special broadcast with George Matlock. Good evening and welcome. You're listening to Anglo-Polish Radio Orla FM. I'm George Matlock and we have a very special edition of London Bridge here for you tonight. have noticed we started the program with a different song we've given michael gray the weekend off uh, so we have not started with that instead on tonight's program a very different song indeed and one i think that doesn't really need a whole lot of introduction but you're going to get one anyway because i love giving introductions so let me do this the the difficult way in poland there were a number of bands back in the 1960s which had the word black in them you may remember them there was Czerwono Czarni, that's the red blacks and then there was Niebiesko Czarni, which means the blue blacks. Probably after a few pints and a bad time in the pub, you might well have come away with a bit of blue and black. But um, here in the studio tonight, we have a very, very special guest. He's been to Poland, and we'll be finding out more about that later in the, in the hour. He's also somebody who has absolutely nothing to do with a band from Bangladesh called Black, but there is one, believe it or not. Um, no, this man is from uh, very, very much from Liverpool, from our very own shores here. I'm very, very delighted to have here in the studio tonight Colin Vernecombe from Black. Vitami. Hello, George. How are you? Fantastic. It looks great to have you here in the studio. Thank you very much for finding us and everything. That's great. <laughs> Even in the rain. Yeah. Even in the Even rain. In the rain. What, a, what a week. What a week. I think we've really got to start with, you know, that was uh, your biggest hit. I, I think it has to be said, commercially at least, it was a, a massive hit uh, more than 20 years ago now, believe it or not. Mm. Wonderful Life. Certainly uh, my most popular song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but extraordinary, uh, really, is it seems to cut across all types of people. It was, we were talking just before we, we came on air, you said, have you never said, or has anyone ever said anything, but a Slavic feel. Now you mention it. Uh, it yes, uh, it's, uh, it, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing I'd ever heard to do with that song. <laughs> There was there was a there was a time I don't know if you remember there was a point at which the Eurovision Song Contest started to get a little bit hipper and there was um, I think it was maybe the year that I think Norwegian act Secret Garden or something Secret like. Garden that's um, right Nocturne that the name of the band was your Nocturne yes I am um, afraid, no, I am I'm a real Eurovision I mean buff. all right well I used to have a little not a party but a get together and we would bet. On the Eurovision, mostly. I mean, we were all appalled by it, but it was so bad that it was funny. <laughs> I don't watch it anymore because now it's just a karaoke competition. Yeah. Largely, they, 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 some of them times they don't even sing live, which I mm. think if you're going to do it, you may as well do it. It's music, you know. It's not a, it's, it's not a, a karaoke competition. Yeah, yeah it's a performance. Exactly. But uh, I realised that year that the song "Wonderful Life" wouldn't have been out of place in that program. It was a bit shocking to me because I was still a bit of a snob at that point. 
easily. It must be 15 years ago now, at least, must right. it? Uh, what, the what Wonderful Life yeah. was, was out? Uh, no, Wonderful oh, Life was 87. 87, so yeah. That's uh, 23, but uh, yeah. the Secret Garden, yeah, I don't Secret remember. Secret Garden was in, yeah, it was about 15 years ago. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it was mid-1995, uh, I think. Yeah, what's that, 15 you years? I think. I, 1995. You've got the look of a secret lover of table quizzes. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm besotted by it. It's the most fun you can have in Ireland, standing up and with your clothes on. It's, I must try it sometimes. Um, oh, it, well, it's about the banter. It's not about whether you know the answer. Yeah. It's about the fact that everyone's cheating outrageously and accusing you of cheating. <laughs> and uh, with, a copy, with a copy of Google and Wikipedia to help you out, I suppose, as well. Uh, well, people do pretend to receive bogus phone calls and the like. Uh, but everyone's onto it. Yeah. They know what's going on. I have a pretty good record. Um, four out of four wins in my last four entries. You've the, had more than a few good records teams. in your time, yeah. sir. You've had more than a few good records, sir. I've also got an encyclopedic <laughs> trivial yeah. interest in, in popular music and things like that. It all helps. It stacks up. Well, like, you've done uh, well. Yeah. 15 years ago, you're right. 1995. Mm. I'd go with 1995. That was the year they won it. I, and you know what? It was I'm very controversial. Right. And, you know, it was very controversial. And you remember why? Because because it only just qualifies as a song. Exactly. It was There was hardly a word in it. It was an instrumental. vocal. Yeah, and there was a little bit of a sort of an aria mm. going on or whatever, and the, the yeah. lady was singing, and that was sort of, yeah, that was it. There yeah. was no real words that you can... Um, it wasn't like the year the tattoo went there, though, was it, you know? Right, oh, Are yes. they going to kiss on screen? I mean, oh, what, yeah. what a put-up job. Absolutely, oh, yeah. That voice. voice. Don't worry about your voice, do you? <laughs> so, that's not <laughs> you why the people are watching it. I, I take it you will not be uh, you will not be duetting with Tattoo at any time in the near uh, ten years. I own that record though. Very strange. I own the album. Uh, there was a, a couple of the yeah. singles. Yeah, the kind of Malchik. Do you remember that? Malchik. That was one of the songs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember that from Clockwork Orange, not because. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. it's an interesting time, you know. And it will continue to be an interesting time. Now, Wonderful Life uh, is a song that I know that when you recorded this first time round, it was about 1985, mm. and you were you were not in your, your best, were you? We were having a bit of a rough time at the oh, time. Oh, catastrophic here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything went wrong. I was actually homeless when I wrote it. Uh, not homeless uh, out on the streets per se, because I had friends, but I had four different places I used to sleep and phone numbers where you could contact me, because it was pre mm. Mobiles. Yeah. Um, hmm. I, I think I was being sarcastic. Fortunately, it's almost impossible to sing sarcasm mm. when people took it at face value, and, 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 and I'm very glad they did. Yeah. So from that nomadic existence, uh, a, a short while later, um, in this case, two years later, uh, you were already um, with uh, A&M, and uh, mm. they saw the potential that the song was re-released, and it was a top ten hit here in the UK, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it wasn't the first one. It's most many people forget, and I think sometimes the people at A and M were being disingenuous when they said we always knew it was a hit, because I know that it, now that A and R policy is you never you go with your best shot because mm -hmm. you don't know if you'll get a second chance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they went with two other singles before Wonderful Life, they so they did. weren't sure. Yeah. But like all situations, you know, success has many parents and failure is an orphan. Uh, my hits have more parents than you can shake a stick at. And uh, it's just me and my failures. Right. Mm. Okay. Instructive well, as they are. We'll be hearing one of two of those uh, particular tracks 
as we have them here on the uh, on the turntables here oh, nice. uh, later in the program. So um, that's uh, all to come. Mm. Um, about Wonderful Life. Now, I know you, you, you there was a fantastic 12-inch extended version of it with a lot more sax in it. Um, a really wonderful version of it. Yeah. We actually have it on the playlist. It's, I don't it's, it's doing well. We, we do. It's it's actually awesome. It's it's a well. Okay. It's about six minutes long, I think, and um, it's it's really good. I mean, it, I mean, it's, it, in in the in the niceness. I don't mean it's a complete reworking of the original. Mm. It's I think it's honest to the original, but there's just a lot more sax, and it just works mm. uh, so so smoothly. It's a really nice version. Uh, we'll have to make sure you get a copy of that at some point. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd be really intrigued to cut. Uh, I know I did. Uh, there was a, a re-recording. Mm-hmm. Try and freshen it up for uh, maybe that's the one was more of it for um, oh god I think the Americans wanted it or the Canadians or something I, I can't have, I can't think that it was a very good idea to be honest by then if they didn't get the original which has been a hit everywhere else in the world excuse me that wasn't the problem the problem was that the Americans don't like a white guy that calls himself black ah right uh, for the obvious reason and wanted me to change it at which point I said well stick it. Yeah, you know, if you think like that, or you think that people think like that, is yours really a country I want to be in? Mm. Um, so America, you can tell I don't really think about money much. Big <laughs> 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 lippy scouser sticks his foot in it yet again. Mm. Of course, you could always go on one of those um, sort of reality programs. You know the one I'm thinking of? Uh, what was it called? Reborn in the USA. Do you remember that one? Oh, stop! Yes, you know, uh, well, Tony the one Hadley. Tony Hadley one. Yeah, Tony Hadley won that one. God, exactly that right. Was, that was distressing. I did see a little bit yeah, of that, and yeah. I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I, I've got rid of my TV now. I haven't had TV for over a year, mm-hmm. and my children hated me at first for doing but, that. But now they play with each other. Right. And they go out and do things that boys do, like ride bikes, do skateboards, and, you know, if they want to watch something on TV, they have to choose it. How old are your kids? Uh, 18, 11, and 8. There you go. Right, the right cross-section then. Right cross Three boys. Absolutely. Wow. wow. The eldest boy's just gone to university to do music. Excellent. Following your footsteps. He's, uh, yes, I think his mother would take up with you on that one. But uh, <laughs> she's, also a, she's also a singer. But it's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... He just got the bug about nine months ago and uh, sat down, started playing the piano, and amazing. He's just sort of a natural. He's yeah. got a natural sense of harmony. Quite dark, Eastern European, I'd say. Lots of minor notes, all the things I love. But he's already he's way ahead of where I was at the same age. Well, it's we'll giving me a real him. kick, you know. Yeah. You can tell by it. Yeah. You know, it's not just parental pride. Yeah. I, I really, um, the age I'm at now. It's not about me and my career. It's about my stand in the world. and I want more, better art, music. I want to live in a better world. I want to be around good people trying to do good things. I am not prepared to take the same old stuff that I used to, you know? Mm. So that's why I get excited about things. That's why I coached a youth football team in Ireland when we got there. You know, it's just... You know, it's possibilies with the future. You coached the, uh, the the football team, the youth football team? Two or three years, yeah. Wow. I mean, I got sort of hoodwinked into it. And then, of course, Max, my eldest, Maximilian, started playing. So, of course, I, if I want to be around it, I may as well be in it. get involved. Yeah. And I did. Or was it three years? That's amazing. It's amazing. great fun. I mean, I, I've never known a nation like the Irish, so they are so competitive. Mm. They competed everything. Yeah, you know they can't just have an amateur dramatics, you know, yeah. show or something. They have to have the All Ireland yeah. <laughs> amateur dramatics competition. 
with judges that are fiercely critical, you know, and then they give out. Oh, you know. Amazing. Well, it's quite... It really um, is, quite a country. Yeah. Quite a country, yeah. And um, uh, you, you mentioned there the... I didn't mention why I brought it up, actually. It's because I live there. You, you yeah, live I should there. point you, out. That wasn't yeah. just a comment. I was a, exactly. You I live in Ireland, but I was going to link back to... Yeah. You were born, of course, in Liverpool. The capital of Ireland, as it's sometimes known. Uh, the capital of Ireland, yeah, indeed. Yeah. And, and do you think that that, that uh, uh, shall we say, formative stage of your life in some way influenced the decision to, to hire you to, to, to do the, uh, the coaching? Uh, did they see uh, the, the Liverpool talent, the football club talent there? Or? Oh, no, they had but, zero respect for me. I was just the old guy that turned out <laughs> to legitimise their training in the wind and the rain. Um, and by the time they reach 16, they know everything in the whole world anyway. Uh, Amazing. So get out the way. But it, there are some things, actually. I, I really doubted that, that they took on board anything I said. Now I'm finding out what a difference it made. And it's yeah. really touching to some of them. Mm. You know, some of them, you know, just to me, even at the level of them saying to my son, eh, he's all right, you're old now. Sure, he's fine. You know, that's a huge compliment. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Now, you mentioned about art. You want to see better art. Um, I'm going to ask you a question about remixes here because mm. um, there, are, there are remixes. I know there's a lot of dance remixes of uh, Wonderful Life, for example. Yeah. Let's start, let's start with what's out there and then we'll come on to what we hope with the future will bring. Um do you th- what do you think of the, the dance remixes? Um, I, I, well, I, I'm sort of, there are several strands to the way I think about it. Uh, one is that I, I, I'm constantly surprised by how little I want to dance listening to modern dance music. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if James Brown's on, I can't stop myself, but if it's mm. techno or house music, I don't even twitch. Mm-hmm. I think it's boring, repetitive, and mindless. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you put that together with you know a song like "Wonderful Life," well, you know it's not that I have a problem, you know, that the song is sacred or something, but there's a kind of an essence of of joy, bittersweet mm-hmm. in its nature, a bit like the experience of life that people get from that song. Um, they obviously haven't got enough of that from most of the reworking of it because it's never really been a success anywhere in the world, to my knowledge. I mean, there have been Cantonese versions, there's a Hungarian techno version, several German death metal versions, uh, Gothic or otherwise. Um, I think Scooter in Germany just used the verse, but not even the chorus, which is an interesting way of approaching it. Yeah, uh, I don't have an axe to grind about it. I just uh, there's nothing for me to get interested. Mm. Uh, did I say dull, boring, mindlessly repetitive? Uh, I don't even mean them as, as criticisms. So they're observations, right? Because it really is rep- repetitive. As a as a, uh, is that- I don't kid myself that I'm stupid, right? I have a mind that's inquiring and active and interested, and it gets turned off. Mm. As a you know, as a musician, as an artist, when I listen to something, the drum machine. Yeah. By the time you've heard beat one and beat three, you know where every other beat is going to fall. Yeah. Part yeah. of the mind turns off. Yeah. Uh, Isn't that what happened uh, when the drummer started playing Heartbreaker for uh, Dionne Warwick? He had the easiest job in the business. He, <laughs> apart from one fill, that they, it, now and again, he just kept the same drum beat right the way through. But you're right. That there it is, is a, a different It's the function. repetition, isn't it? That's what well, you're talking about. It's the repetition. I'll tell you why I say mm. that, because um, uh, one of our producers, in fact, he's sitting right uh, here listening to the show right now, and that's uh, Fine Art Skupinski, as we call him out here. 
Um, Artur uh, came back once with a, a CD of um, remixes of um, old Polish songs. We're talking about songs for pre-war. We're talking like 1930s. Oh, like yeah. People like Maciusław Fogg, who is a, a wonderful old name, you know, an old crooner from in the interwar years. And, of course, these are all mono songs. You know, they all yeah. sound like that. They all sound pretty much like that, you know. And what these boys did in a band called the Boomerlands is they completely, uh, they put all their special effects on here, but they kept the original of the song. So what they actually did was, it's the most amazing trade-off I've ever seen. They were honest to the original song, but they enhanced it with a whole lot of new instrumentation. Mm. There was nothing repetitive. There was certainly no drum machine in here going boom, 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 all the way through continuously. So that got rid of the the repetition element. It was creative. And you know what? It was a big, big seller. I mean, people bought Mm. big time that. That was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I call it, you know, rather than remix, it's a refresh. Yeah, really refresh. It's more like, you know, coming from the, 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 the kind of thought that, Kurt Schwitters was pushing at in the 20s in Germany with the old mm. Dardarist or whatever. Refreshing, you know, the art of noise as a concept. Mm. Uh, mm. And you can do mm. this. I mean, sometimes you get a, there'll be a wonderful uh, remix of, oh, I'm trying to think of something. Do you remember that? When the rumble rhythm starts oh, sway. to play. Sway. Yeah. That, that, now that, yeah. I, I thought, oh, that kicks, that rhythm really yeah. kicks. And the original is good, but it doesn't quite kick as much as, the new version, right? Which uh, I don't know. I think sure does it qualify as a remix. Well, there's so many. Which, which one are we talking about? Are we talking about because you know it's been re-recorded by Michael Bublé, and there's been um, uh, oh. some young soul singer. I can't remember her name now. She's she recorded a no, version. Of it. it was. Uh, I think it was as an electronic the, I think version. It was, mm-hmm. was it Peggy Lee originally, oh, or whoever that? That would the, sound about right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, if it was a, sorry, if it was someone else, and they and they're upset because I don't remember the name, but. I don't remember the name of the person credited with the remix mm-hmm. record either, but it was a big hit and I enjoyed it a lot. And for me, it reminded me of uh, actually why I got into the business, which was the mm. glory of that transient, frivolous thing that is pop music. Mm. Now, uh, if someone said I was a pop singer, I'd be insulted, mm. you know, because that lines me up with the latest extract hopefuls or, you know, whatever. Um, I, just completely disinterested. Uh, Peter act. Andre, we're thinking here, ladies and gentlemen. Peter Andre. Oh, I don't know. Is he still singing? No. It, well, I, yeah, he's had a, see, he had an I, album I, about a year ago. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm. I'm. Sorry, Peter, old if you're listening. To have gone to a different place. You know, it's a, it's a young. <laughs> I'm. I'm old enough to be able to say, my God, I looked to the charts. I didn't know a single act. You know, uh, subtitled, and I didn't care to know either. Is is where I've got him. Bit curmudgeonly, bit sort of. You know, I, I give up. Well, don't give up too soon. It's finding the music you like these days. There's lots of good stuff around, but finding it's got harder because it's it's not in the same place Mm. that it used to be. So if a a remix was not repetitive, uh, was a little bit intelligent, uh, they did some nice crafty stuff with it, would you be be somebody who'd be, uh, you know, would you welcome a a remix of of Wonderful Life? In a sense, I have, because I've never never denied the possibility of of someone doing it. You have fun with it. You know, in a sense, I had my fun. I wrote the song, it went out the way I wanted it. Someone else does it. You know, the only thing legally that anyone ever has a problem with is, uh, you know, if you change words, so say you mm. you were trying to satirise me in some way, mm. yeah, I'd probably sue you. Yeah, okay, you heard ar- it here. Because I'm arsy like that. But you, you, you want to make a, you genuinely want to make a remix, go ahead. You know, yeah. have, have fun. Yeah. Um that's what I usually say. Anyway, people ask me. You know, I don't. Only in America do you actually need permission to to record a cover version of someone else's tune or the remix. 
I don't even have, of course, the, the actual master tapes are not mine sure. to, you know, you can't get a, the mm. vocal without everything else because I'm not legally out, allowed to, to do that. Mm. Mm. Copyright lines with Universal, if I remember right. Right, well, as, as most roads and crossroads do. Um, yeah. So <laughs> there are always somewhere involved. Universal always involves somewhere, aren't not they? Said. Big, big name, big name. Um, but yeah, I mean, so uh, d- those remixes that are out there, good, bad, or ugly, uh, do you have any of them in your co- personal collection at home? Do you have any copies? Um, uh, if they get sent to me, I don't throw them away. Mm. Um, I couldn't tell you in all honesty that I knew where they were now. Right. Uh, as I sit, there's, there's a place, you know, my house is a little uh, bit... There's a place down the road, it's called towards. a boot sale, but... No, 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 <laughs> no, you run the risk of humiliating yourself. I mean, it's bad enough if you find yourself <laughs> in a bargain bin somewhere, and it does happen yeah. sometimes, but... Uh, Oh, well, you know, that's what it's like. That's what the business is like. You know, we, we come into it and you, you might achieve mm-hmm. success. And, you know, I met Sting, mm-hmm. uh, for instance. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, he's, he's not a bad fella. I just thought, my God, this man wants to be something for everyone. He wants to, he sort of wants everyone to, to like him. He doesn't know whether he's a Geordie working class lad or a poet bookworm mm-hmm. or a serious honk stud or things. And he was working all of these things. And I've... It was. Uh, I found it a little bit sad, and that was just uh, uh, distressing. And, and, mm. and why the hell did I start talking about that? I've forgotten. Well, was, <laughs> we're talking about the remix of whether you'd collect them and, um, uh, and keep them. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, was, I remember thinking he's just played to. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like twenty thousand people in. Um, what's that? Uh, Verona in the amphitheater. Verona, beautiful, beautiful place. It is I a good thought, one. God, yeah. I want to play. I'd love to sing there. Yeah. And uh, you know, and I thought. Yeah, what I'm the guy I'm talking to seems like he probably thinks that all those people have read Kierkegaard, and actually they're Charon and Kevin, you know, or the equivalent in every country. You know, mm-hmm. it's like um, here's an example. I could bring this up every now and again. A number of years ago, I was doing. I stay I once foolishly committed myself to doing radio interviews with Australia. Forgetting the time difference. Oh, dear. Yeah, so it was me that was up at three in the morning on the phone, you know, with the weird spirals, and it was like being in space or something. There was a guy there, and he said, Ah, Colin, it's a real honour, you know. I've got to say that, uh, you know, One for Life was the soundtrack of my wife when I was 18, you know, and it was just like, this is great, blah, blah, blah. I said, all right, what did you think of the one after? He said, I never heard it. You know, I just thought, <laughs> I made a record that was so important to you. It was the soundtrack to your la- whole life at the age of 18, yeah. and you couldn't be asked checking out the one afterwards. So I thought, well, yeah. I'm not like that, but it must be a lot more like him, you mm-hmm. know. Turn down the significance here, kid, otherwise you got to get your nose rubbed in it. But it's true. It's the, it's the way the consumer is. I mean, they, they remember one thing, and they, they, all around they don't remember. They just remember what they want to remember. Isn't that, yeah. But that's why it is. Yeah, a sure. hit is a hit, isn't it? Um, and also, uh, and Americans have always understood this because mm-hmm. they take show business very, very seriously. It's more important. Well, the way that they perceive you is more important than the reality. If they perceive you as successful, that's actually enough. And now we can see with the likes of. Uh, say the X Factor, and mm. I know for a fact all of those kids are on crap deals. Mm. They're already tied to the record company. I mean, the last thirty-two in any competition are already exclusively signed to Cowell. Yeah, no opt-out. He has first first refusal basically. He now does. I believe that they're releasing the songs that they've done on this week's thing uh, available for the downloads charts by the weekend. It's like wow, and you just know the deals are going to suck. 
Because they always are. Because the balance of power is all over, obviously, with the TV production and et cetera, et cetera. And we know how TV works. They want, they want controversy. They want people on the phones, whether they like it or whether they hate it, they will ring. Mm. If they don't really care, you know, and I wouldn't watch it at the end of a pointed stick unless mm -hmm. I was in a friend's house visiting. <laughs> uh, that's what we get. I, now, I resist this in the world. I like to think there's another way that's not quite so glibly dismissive of human potential. Mm -hmm. But that's me. Okay. And a lot more still to come from uh, Colin in the second part of the hour. We've got here a very, very good song of yours. This is one of those first early bird songs that you recorded, Sweetest Smile. wasn't it? That was Sweetest Smile listening to Anglo-Polish Radio All-FM. This is London Bridge and a very special edition with the frontman of Black, also known as Colin Vernkom here in the studio. Witamy bardzo serdecznie, which means we welcome you back again, wonderfully. Thank you very much. Fantastic. And uh, we were just hearing that uh, song very smooth, as I said. Uh, it's where I certainly remember coming across you back in the uh, in the late part of the 1980s. Um, and, uh, in fact, when that song was uh, was aired on uh, Top of the Pops, which, as you know, used to be a very popular uh, program. Mm. We talk about it in the past tense, sadly, but it used to be a, a really very popular program here from the BBC. Uh, I remember the DJ got up uh, afterwards as soon as you'd finished the song and he said something on the lines of, and I can't find it on YouTube, I have been looking today to see if I could find that, that, that bit, where he says something on the lines of, um, it takes a lot of courage to sing like that. Do you remember that? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you probably had the mic in here, or, and the, the headphones, you probably didn't hear what he said. But that's what well, he said to the camera. Either it was a rare moment of candor from one of the presenters, or he was having a go. <laughs> well, whichever it was, I tell you what, it made a lot of us sit up and think about what we'd just been listening to. I'm actually very grateful to that presenter for what he said, because mm. you had uh, on that recording no disservice to any other, but that song really does count on a good vocal. It counts 
or something you can sing and can pull it off. Well, and it's, you, all, it's all about the vocal. There yeah. is no chorus. Exactly. Uh, and it was an astonishing choice, I thought, for seeing the credit must go to, uh, to Chris Briggs, who, who was the reason I signed to, to A&M. Um, a, a person I, I... I could put it lots of ways. I fell in love with him the first time. He is, mm. a, he, he is was a terrible rogue. But he speaks the language of musicians. He knows how to A&R. You sign it, you you nurture it, and you hope. Otherwise, you leave it the hell alone, you know? And then he had a lot of personal problems towards the end of that, came out of those, and looks after Robbie Williams or, uh, for free mm. and I, or, or did last time I spoke to him. Mm. Must uh, catch up with him again. He said to me, because I said, why did you release that, Chris? This is after it's just become the first hit for the new A&M administration. You have to remember this. The company was kind of riding on something. They were desperate. Mm. And this was out of the box, as they call it. it where, you know, he said, when I played it to people, I noticed their eyes glazed over and they glazed over and they went somewhere. And he thought, that's an interesting reaction. We mm. must, We must try this. Now I know that they didn't have a massive amount of faith in it because I because vi- I know what the video budget was. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot less than the single before. It was like a tenth, um, and it surprised everyone. The radio were all over it like a rash because they 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 they, I guess they heard the same thing. It was written in the same fortnight that Wonderful Life was written in, which you have to remember I'm coming out of the back end of the break of my first marriage and um, you know dropped by the first record label and the publishing label and I'm homeless and you know it's quite an intense time mm. and I wrote it coming back from the shops with a loaf of bread and something like that I remember oh I said oh, where's, where's, what key is this you know I sat down I was singing the tune didn't bother writing a chorus which is so were I, you, I don't were, know what I, what I was thinking. Well, you were sort of walking down the down the pavement, down the road with a, a bag full of bread mm-hmm. and the song came to you is that basically how it happened? Yeah. And when you got inside the house, you wanted More to put it, write you, it down. You must bear in mind, whenever, when I walk around, I mean, I, I, I drive some people, my family, close family nuts, because there's always a rhythm going in my head and I do a lot of, you know, the beatbox. And you know, I, I sort of live in a kind of a rhythm and a melodic collage. Mm. Uh, and a couple of weeks before I had babysat for a friend and the child was unhappy and I'd have been improvising a song and the, uh, it was basically, it was the tune of, of Sweetest Smile, but in a major, major chords, not minor chords. And all that happened was it's, I slipped. The third was flattened. Actually, that's quite Slavic as well, isn't it, as a progression? Mm. I, well, I, I love the Lydian scale. And the, Ladies you know, and gentlemen, this is a closet Slav recording <laughs> artist here in the studio, and you didn't know it until you heard it here first. Yeah. Well, it's a bit of a revelation. Aubrey. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it's an it's an it Slovak, is an amazing I know, track. I know it's Slovak, not Polish. Yeah, that's fair enough. Well, I'd like to know how, where your Slovak comes from because you clearly do have a head start on that. Um, where, where's that come Maybe from? A fingertip. Well, a, a couple of years ago, uh, uh, I had a little band for fun that I was uh, people friends that I was involved with. When I had pitched up in the place that I live in in, in Southwest Ireland, there was no music around at the time, mm. and uh, my wife said, "Oh." Jesus, we've got to do something here. And I said, yeah, let's do that. So we started doing charity shows and then they got bigger. I, said, I want a choir, she says. And we'd be doing everything from Leonard, going from Leonard Cohen to Mozart. 
and then maybe an Irish traditional piece, and then and it built, and they, we called it Dogtail Soup. It's kind of a large thing. Got so interesting that uh, Jens Uhl, uh, a German friend of ours, who has been taking uh, fledgling Irish acts over to Slovakia and the Czech Republic for years, took us over. Uh, we started in Krakow. Uh, I think this is 2008, maybe. Mm-hmm. From there, we went to, I think it was Poprad. In, uh, Poprad, yes. That's where our uh, presenter of Ahoy uh, on this very station is from. She's from that very town. Oh. Well, up in the mountains, yeah. And um, we were, mm-hmm. we used, uh, sometimes that would have been booked as black. The bigger fees came as black. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, it was it was the dogtail suit. I, it would just be more slanted towards me on that night um, uh, because we were three lead vocalists, you know. We could cover everything from operatic soprano to Fergus, his material, the interference project, mm-hmm. and then black stuff. It was a wonderfully warm summer, typically in 38, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So it was a summer without underwear, which which I adored. <laughs> uh, trousers and vest and, and, and cheap, wonderful beer and garlic soup that I will remember for the rest of my life. And, uh, yeah, but the, but the opening night was, was, was terrifying because it was in the... Uh, now, the club is called something like the Iguana Club or Lizard Club. I gather it's quite famous. I can't remember mm-hmm. in Krakow. And I, we were arriving from. I was arriving from Sweden, and they cancelled the flight and not told us. So we literally arrived uh, at the club in time to go on stage. There'd been no rehearsal, so yeah. or sound check. Uh, let's go. <laughs> and we got through it. It, it went down well. It was. It was just very very mad night. Mm. You know, like being in a sauna. Playing a gig in a sauna. It was extraordinary. And there's no DVD of this, is there? Not that I know. Oh, what a shame. There may have been someone <laughs> what a shame. doing that thing. I mean, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not very sensitive about that sort of stuff. It's pointless mm. trying to stem the digital tide. Mm. Mm. I think there was some footage from some of that stuff went around. Yeah, because there was something went did, did go up on YouTube. If dog tales through, there's a YouTube uh, in uh, Bratislava and at least one of the other. Uh, there's a beautiful church somewhere in Slovakia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they were very proud of the fact that they repulsed the Turks in mm-hmm. whatever it was. Yeah, and committed like atrocities. You know, the ooh, scary time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um. So well. Um. Now the so th- this is when you it's a couple of years ago you were in in Slovakia. You went to Poprad. You went to Bratislava. Mm. Is that when you also went to Krakow in Poland? Or, or was that yeah? It's the same. It's the same. Began, the same trip. Began in yeah. Krakow, and I think we finished in Namesh Nadoslavu. Sounds almost Russian. Um, wherever it is. In the Czech Republic. In the Czech Republic, yeah, right. It was this, it was one of these, there are a lot of uh, really nice festivals that mm. I didn't know about in uh, the former Eastern, no, it is Eastern Europe, I guess, or Central, Central Europe. Central Europe, where would you, you draw the line? I don't know. Well, the Ukraine we think of as Eastern Europe. Okay. Mm. Yeah, well, Russia's in Europe now, apparently. Yeah. And if the Eurovision Song Contest, Israel's in Europe. I mean, how do they work that one out? Uh, well, you know how they sneaked in, don't you? They got no. into the Eurovision because... When they originally set the thing up in about 1955, the the first six countries, there were only six, and it would have been so much more tolerable to watch. I know there were only six contestants in the very first few Eurovision Song Contests. I don't know. The very first one ever being held in was actually Switzerland, which is also part of this uh, thing called the European Broadcasting Union. Right. And that included Israel. Now, how they got into that is the bit you should be asking yourself. But they I were want in you there. in my table quiz, Tim. 
<laughs> well, I'll come over to, uh, is, it, is it County Kerry? Whereabouts are you, Southwest? County Cork. County Cork, are you? That's a lovely part of the world. I was there about seven years ago, fond memories. Um, in fact, that's where my car broke down. I had a, I had a bit of a three-point turn that went and wrong. That's a fond memory. It is a fond I'll tell you why. You foolish guys knocked me out. I'll tell you why it was a fond memory. Well, no, it was, it was a great trip. I was a whole week driving up and down the country, went through yeah. all, all of it, you know, Slash City, down to Kerry, up to Connemara, across to Moat, where I had uh, some friends in the Midlands, uh, obviously down to uh, the place where they made Ballet's Angel, the, the series. Uh, oh, yeah. That little town near... Um, near um, on the on the east coast as well, uh, I've been all over that part of Ireland. Absolutely loved it. But uh, no, I tell you what, it was a nice experience because what actually happened was it's when you have a bad experience and something good happens, you remember it. And uh, the, okay. I did a three point turn, and my, the front wheels got trapped in a ditch, and it was a small country lane. Of course, it was traffic building up. That five cars each side, it was mm. heavy traffic outside Cork. And um, uh, somebody came up and uh, they had a, they they rang for a tow truck. A tow truck came round. They swung the car out of, out of the way, and they didn't want any money. They just said God bless, and that was it. I was I've, I was amazed. I was actually amazed because I ex- expected somebody's going to want to be paid for this. In Britain, you would have been expecting to be paying for that. Ireland's but, constantly surprising. But you know, I just thought that sense of sort of um, uh, I suppose kinmanship, you'd call it almost. You know, just that sense of. You know, we're happy to help. These cars want to get through, and you're in the way. Ah, sure, no bother. It you was know, just lovely. Like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was such yeah, a lovely touch. I'll get you a drink sometime. Well, I would have done. I would have done, but I was out in the, no, in the rural. They know that you would see it. The oh, I see. The fact that you That's said what it. I should have said it. Well, I'll know for next time. If it ever happens again. Well, I'll tell you what I did say. It was sort of close. I came close. They probably will take the money, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> it's tough enough. This was seven years ago. Exactly, indeed. Uh, well, this was, I did use the word slauncher, though, so I think I got away with that. So, there you go. Cheers. Health, I think it is. Yeah. Health and yeah, cheers. Yeah. Cheers. cheers yeah. Launch in uh, good old uh, Gaelic. Now, tell us about um, Ireland. I mean, now you mentioned it, I was going to ask you anyway. I mean, we're going through a rotten time through this economy here. There's a recession and everything. But you guys are going through it enormously badly. I mean, it really is one big crisis. How, how, mm. how do you do you feel it? Do you sense it on the streets of your town? I mean, how, how, yeah. how is this affecting everyone? Yeah. Uh, some people are... Well, I guess some people are probably suicidal. Um, it's it's pretty bad. Uh, it shows up that you know the the, the politicians and the, the administration in Ireland is transparently, uh, much more transparently inept and incompetent, uh, and uh, I would say I'll say corrupt from the safety of my UK radio studio here in the UK. <laughs> Although we'll see, you know. I mean, I I was watching the news this morning and they're trumpeting this growth and blah blah blah. But you're still printing more money in the UK. We can't do that in Ireland. We're mm. on the euro. Mm. And there are measures coming in which are going to look very different. Now, the beauty of a country the size of the UK is that you're less vulnerable to things, more people to spread the load, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, the downside will be that when people get teed off, there'll be an almighty uproar that happened. Ireland, for some reason, is not... Well, let's say, I live in County Cork. It's known as the Rebel County. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for very good reason. I mean, they, they only, I mean, just before I moved over, they just uncovered an IRA training camp. It was still going on. They're just like, you know, they don't back down, but mm. they won't fight you out where you can see them. Mm. In Ireland, we do what we want anyway. Mm. So if they introduce a smoking ban after a year, there were 12 smoking-related offences fined. That tells me that just most people didn't get caught. Right, That's right. What I, not right. that they were smoking... While it was open, but I knew in my local when the pub was closing, in inverted commas, because an ashtray got put down in front of okay. They are, Colin, if you want to drink, you'll have to serve yourself. This is no longer a workplace. Okay. Yeah. Ah, now, clever. that still doesn't comply with the law, mm. 
but they, they just hell with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't tell me how to live my life, which I, one of the, but one of the attractions of the place was this deregulated mm. nature, mm. The mm. Irish mentality. So I think we're going to see a lot more of a cash economy in Ireland. And I think a lot more of what I see around by me is bartering of skills. And I, in fact, I even do this. There's, there's a couple of, uh, I should mention, Robert Sabura and a guy called Mat- Matthias. I don't know his second name. Both Polish, both work mm-hmm. with me on my house. Now, Robert uh, was a music school dropout. We're probably about the same age as me. He wants to go back. So I let him practice on one of my pianos. Mm. And every now and again, he gives me a day and comes and, I don't know, tidies something up. Works very well for either of us. No cash changes hands, so there's no tax to pay. Mm. Governments hate it. People love it. I'd recommend it. It's the way to go. It's the way to go. Well, you know, if there's no money around, the hell with you. I mean, banks... Where would you put your money if you had it now? You just you just want to keep it somewhere. What mm. do you do with it? True, true. I mean, I, I, I cannot understand the thinking. I've had people try to explain to me, you know, Anglo-Irish Bank, 34 billion mm. euro before they've realised it can't work. We're mm. going to have to wind it down and slowly to minimise the impact. How much worse could it be than 34 billion fucking euro? Yeah. That's not... The other F word that yeah, yeah, yeah. means you're right, you're right. to steal apples. Uh, yes. In Ireland, you're okay, yeah. you're all right. You know, um, I'm listening to your every word. <laughs> it's, 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 I find it insulting to the very people. I mean, they took that money from taxpayers and then what their reward for that is, well, we're going to increase taxes and reduce services and lower the wages in public sector because uh, obviously it's your fault. Well, excuse me. Mm, yeah. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? The public does feel as though it's been penalised for something that didn't start. I have an American friend nearby. She said, ah, it's a shakedown. Everybody knew it. I didn't know what shakedown meant until this. Yeah. It is a shakedown. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, coming back to, um, uh, to to your time in Poland, to your, your visit there, you, you, you were in Krakow. That was the only, is that the only city you, you visited when you were in, in Poland? It was, and only for 24 yeah. hours. You Gosh, know, it, it short, too like, short, too short. Too. In fact, even, even less than that. Well, yeah, it, it was a very interesting looking place. Mm. Uh, I honestly know... Very little, uh, apart from the rather jaundiced ramblings of the Polish guys I've met in Ireland at the expense of the is it Kaczynski twins. So, Kaczynski you know, twins, the, yeah, the president, Kaczynski, prime minister, yep, yeah, who I, I, I had read about. Mm-hmm. They seem to be, uh, well, they said that certainly <laughs> they didn't like him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, a very sketchy knowledge of Poland, it has to be said. Yeah. Mm. Okay, um, I think we're going to um, break for another track. This is uh, we're, we're almost going chronologically backwards here because we, we're actually going to play now the track that was the first one that you you, you produced uh, with with Black. Then then we went on to Sweetest Smile, and then finally mm. to Wonderful Life. So we're doing them in reverse here. But I think this is a fantastic song. It, it really does have a, a Slavic twang to it as well. This one, I think. Uh, let's have a listen to this one because uh, I I um, I've been waiting to play this all day actually. So let's uh, let's do it now.
Now, just finally, um, bringing back Poland into this, uh, we've been talking earlier about your experiences in, in Krakow. Uh, you may or may not know this, but when uh, Wonderful Life was released in 1987, it became a big hit in Poland. And remember, this is before the Iron Curtain came down. Mm, no one told me. Um, it was played a lot on, on radio stations out there. Mm. Um, I think because by then, you know, the veneer has, had already been pretty badly cracked all over um, in the system. It was pretty obvious it was uh, a system on its way out. It was, a, mm. it was close to its expiry date. Uh, they just didn't know in 87 how close that expiry date was going to be, just a couple of years later, of course. Um, but when the song came out, I think a lot of people... Uh, latched onto it because, ironically, the title is uplifting and the melody is actually quite uplifting. Mm. But you were going through a difficult time, and I think people could relate to that because a whole country, in this case, several countries, were going through a hard time as well, trying to find their feet, their sovereignty, their independence yeah. of, of a of a very there austere is a kind system. Of bittersweet tone to yeah, it. There is. Yeah, most most people pick that up. I mean. Radio 1 DJs at the time, of course, yeah. was, well, if it's a wonderful life, why doesn't it sound like it is? And it's, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, they, you don't listen to some of the records you play. Well, maybe. I was going to say, <laughs> I wonder what they said to poor old Terry Jack in 19, was it 74, when he had that big Seasons hit with Seasons of the Sun? Of yeah. course, done more recently by Westlife. I'll say no more. Did they? Um, yeah, they did, a, they did a version. They did a, a oh, version of that. that's brave. Yeah, they did. But, you know, again, you listen to the melody and it's almost like a school, uh, you know, like a, a school sort of, uh, a, a, you know, schoolyard rhyme. It's almost like the sort mm-hmm. of thing, the kid, a nursery rhyme, it's, mm. you know. But listen to, the, listen to the words and how dreadfully sad the story is about a bloke marching off to World War One and he's not going to come back. Yep. I mean... There was, there was a period of it. Then there was, do you remember Billy, Don't Be a Hero? Yes. Don't be a fool with your life. And I don't yeah. think he comes back either, does he? No, that's right. He uh, doesn't. He doesn't. There's a sad end to that then, one. And um, then... King of them all, uh, two little boys. Oh yes, Rolf Harris, based which, on a true story, as it happens in World War One. That one, based on a true, it's based on a true story. Like, you know, still, I if I hear that record now, I must admit I cry. Um, I think it's being a father. Mm. Um, yep, there's something about that. Do you think I'd leave you? You die when there's room for my, when there's room you know, for my horse yeah, for two. I, find yeah. that, I still find that poignant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and a Christmas number one in 1974, good old Rolf himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was. It was a big weeks, hit for him. For weeks. For weeks as well. One. Remix. Yeah. Remix. <laughs> do you think, do you, do you, do you. Yeah. Let's get Giorgio Moroder in on that one. While, while he's at he might want to do a remix of Coronation Street theme tune. I think that was seriously up for a, a revamp after 50 version of I've heard that there is one. The, it's, a, it's a big band reggae. Yeah. It's brilliant. Is it? They've moved. They've moved everything within the bar. It's incredibly musical. It's like something that Charles Mingus might have done. It's not just the version that you know in yeah. your head put over a reggae beat. I, I wish I could tell you who it was. I, I heard it across Dunleary Bay at the World Music Festival a couple of years ago. Uh, astonishing record. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Well, uh, what can I say? It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on uh, tonight's programme. Oh, thank you, George. Um, and a uh, great gig. Uh, is it George m- or Georg? Uh, no, it's George or Jerzy. If you're German, it's Georg. Yeah. Georg. That's in German, isn't it? Czech Republic as well, would that be? Or Hungary? Uh, that would be Jiri. Jiri in, um, in, in Czech. And Jerzy or Jurek as well, you can say Jurek in Polish. And Yuri in Russian. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Names. If don't stop me on another subject. Okay. Okay. Unless I'm not sure there's a, what, what the Polish for Colin would be, actually. I don't think, because it's not uh, a name that's out there. Actually. It's not much. No, uh, because it's either, um, it's French or Gaelic. Yeah. Exactly. As a diminutive of Nicola. Indeed. Or, or uh, Kalian, which is, we both mean yeah, young pop. It's about youth, youthful. And ever youthful yeah. you are as well. It's great to have you on the, on the programme, but it's not quite over yet. I know you've um, quietly agreed to um, tinkle the ivories. As it, as, it, as it happens, ladies and gentlemen, we always have a piano in here. We have a piano in here. And um, in, a, in a moment, Colin is, is going to give it a little, a little tinkle. There's a little button there in the corner if you just want to press that, just that one there, sir. Thank you. And it will warm up in a few seconds. It's a, a proper little, um, you know, there you go. Oh, I say. It's a nice little Yamaha. So in your own time, sir... Um, anything you want to say to the listeners before before you um, uh, play suicide on that thing? <laughs> Have a very happy Christmas, why don't you? Great so stuff. I'm, I'm off to see if I can remember anything at all on the piano because I haven't played for three months. Okay. In fact, by the time you hear this, it'll be five months. Well, we'll be, we'll be wishing everyone a Merry Christmas when we re-broadcast uh, re, uh, this interview uh, in December. In the meantime, I'm just going to wish you all a very happy week. Thank you for listening to London Bridge. Thank you for coming in, Colin. <laughs> 